have uh, here with us uh, today, Lanika Sheffer and Milena Pavlovic. I want you guys to give a thumbnail sketch of um, sort of your bios and where you are right now. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the paper and what's going on at Immu with ImmuneML. So why don't you start, Lanika? Yeah. So uh, hello, my name is uh, Lanika Sheffer. Um, I'm a PhD student uh, in uh, computational immunology uh, at the University of Oslo. So my background is a bit in uh, bioinformatics and during my PhD, uh, I'm working on uh, yeah, applying machine learning to adaptive immune receptor repertoire data, which is, uh, I think uh, with my bio, I kind of covered the, pretty much Milena's bio as well, <laughs> for the large part. <laughs> so you've got, you are both doing, um, you're working in the same laboratory, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. And we collaborated together on uh, this software platform, uh, ImmunML. Fantastic. And um, let's see, have a little um, word from Milena. Yeah, so as Lanika said, uh, <laughs> I'm a PhD student at the University of Oslo, the Department of Informatics. And uh, the main focus of uh, my PhD is uh, machine learning and uh, its application to diagnostics and uh, antigen binding prediction in computational immunology. So pretty much uh, uh, the, the main use cases that uh, the immunomel platform covers. Fantastic. And so let's talk about the paper. The paper was published in uh, Nature Mach Machine Intelligence, uh, November 16th, 2021. The Immune ML Ecosystem for Machine Learning Analysis of Adaptive Immune Receptor Repertoires. So let's kind of distill that. You know, what is what? What are you really? Um, what are you presenting there? I mean, you're talking about these AIRRs, adaptive immune receptor repertoires. Those are the key targets for biomedical research, right? Because they're kind of like recording past and ongoing adaptive immune responses. I'm basically just reading your abstract, but mm. you know, so that's important. But it's really like the layer that you're adding is this, you know, machine learning ability or you're training the machine learning right to identify the differences in these patterns is that correct yeah so uh, our adaptive immune system so this adaptive immune repertoire it's it's basically a collection of a lot of tiny receptors um, and we so one way that you can do disease diagnostics is by looking at which receptors are present in in the immune repertoire uh, and we are using machine learning to try to identify which receptors would be relevant for given disease of interest. So that could be, for example, type 1 diabetes. So these, uh, yeah, it would be about identifying which receptors would be relevant or what kind of patterns within the uh, DNA or protein sequences of these immune receptors are relevant to kind of predict this, uh, yeah, relevance for the, <laughs> for the disease. Um, right. And this uh, immunomel uh, platform is uh, kind of, one platform where different machine learning methods that can be applied to this air data come together and can be explored by the user. And yeah. you are also offering this up to uh, the community, right? In an open science, you know, manner, which is, you know, really excellent. But so if we want to talk about diabetes, also type one diabetes specifically, right? There's this whole prodrome where People are that, you know, they have a, many of them have, or most of them have a genetic predisposition or risk. 
And then, you know, some of them will present a, uh, a, an autoantibody and then maybe the second autoantibody and then maybe the third and then diagnosis. And so there's this prodrome, right? The lead up to the disease. So using like, can you imagine using your system to investigate that prodrome, right? Like what's happening at the different, during the different windows. And you can imagine that this would be a really powerful tool because it could allow understanding of the windows of opportunity for clinical intervention, or sort of just really just understanding the etiology of the disease, like what is happening, because that's still unknown. Yeah, so one thing that's probably good to mention is that uh, immunomel is kind of a general framework. So it's not necessarily it can be applied to type 1D, but it can be it's it's more like uh, specific to this air data and not necessarily for one uh, particular disease, but we do offer some functionalities related to uh, giving a bit more insight into what the machine learning uh, methods actually learn instead of just having machine learning methods that just have a good uh, prediction accuracy uh, to actually get a bit of insight in, hey, what were the patterns that might have been uh, uh, relevant uh, uh, in this disease and what, what is it actually that we are making our predictions based on? I don't know if Milena has something to add as well uh, to this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe just one minor comment related to uh, different like stages of the disease. So one thing that uh, for for the platform, all the immune repertoires are the same. And then we try to find some sort of differences between them that are kind of significant uh, in terms of, uh, for example, disease people or uh, people who do not have uh, a disease. But uh, another class of people could be, for example, people who are uh, relatives to the ones that have developed a disease and have similar genetic background, but do not yet have the disease and multiple groups like that. So instead of just learning to distinguish between people who have who don't have any prior history of a certain disease, we could also look into distinguishing between people who have similar genetic background, but still different diseases. So that could maybe be one step towards uh, uh, something that you mentioned. Yeah, no, that's an, that's an excellent point um, to sort of, you know, bin the different um, subgroups and examine them and compare, you know, basically compare them. I wonder if someone approached you and they were kind of a novice, you know, and using this, this tool, how would you counsel them? Like, how would you, you know, so suppose they're like a cell biologist, they're, you know, been looking at like beta cells and they're kind of interested in maybe examining the lead up to the disease. Like how would, would you be able to walk them through this process? Um, would you provide support or I mean, how would it work? What I can say about kind of, um, so we have these different imagined user groups for immunomel, and one of those user groups would be people with more of a biology, uh, immunology background and not necessarily so much machine learning. Mm -hmm. um, we do provide a very extensive uh, Galaxy web interface um, uh, for, yeah, for these, uh, for people who don't necessarily have so much uh, machine learning knowledge. So uh, with this Galaxy web interface, we basically have a, a more text-based, instead of writing like a analysis specification where you have to you know, type all the parameters into one big uh, specification file, 
the user is kind of guided through making these decisions based on the text-based questions of what kind of um, signal do, or what do you think that the signal uh, uh, um, of the disease looks like? Like, I have uh, this kind of presumption about, uh, yeah, basically asking several kind of presumptions uh, that people might have about their data. And uh, then um, we kind of construct the, the more technical analysis parameters in the background and have some sensible default settings for, uh, um, yeah, for the, the parameters that we don't expect that the immunologist could really sensibly choose themselves. Um, yeah, because it is an interface. It, it's really an interface. You have an expertise in this whole machine learning side, but a lot of, you know, scientists have their own expertise and they don't always overlap. So it's it's fantastic that you're kind of bringing this to other scientists. And I think it's really an excellent, um, you know, platform and an, a, a really a fantastic opportunity for people to look at their data in a new way. Thank you very much. We, we've tried very hard also to kind of um, have uh, easy ways to kind of step into the ImmunML platform, have quite extensive documentation for different kinds of purposes, either for the immunologist who uh, is too, yeah, is uh, not so expert in machine learning and wants to you know, have a first test run on their data to the machine learning expert who wants to integrate their new method into the platform. So we cover the whole range of, uh, uh, yeah, of different uh, possible users. Fantastic. How about clinical, clinical users? Um, you know, sort of the MD, PhD or the MD who's interested in kind of mining some clinical data. Is that an opportunity too? Uh, yes. <laughs> so um, uh, they can uh, use the, for example, this uh, interface that uh, Lonica mentioned. So through this web-based tool, um, and we support a lot of different uh, data formats. Uh, so depending on the tool they use to pre-process uh, the data, uh, the sequencing data like uh, MSCR or if they use 10 genomics for sequencing or something else, we can uh, right away kind of import all those uh, data types um, and they can very quickly get started into some basic analysis. And we also have, in addition to that, um, integrated with a few of uh, other existing tools uh, in this field and implemented uh, some uh, already uh, existing papers uh, that uh, were published uh, for diagnostics. So that is readily available to, to people who are getting started. It's fantastic. The onboarding seems pretty seamless. Has it been pretty seamless when you've um, had to sort of, you know, show people how to engage in this? Well, of course, there's a whole history behind the, the onboarding becoming seamless. It's a uh, We've gone through many different rounds of uh, feedback to get to the point uh, where we are, which uh, is, I mean, I think the best feedback that you can get is just from people who have actually not used your tool and are trying to use it for the first time. And we've tried uh, um, several times in our own lab uh, to um, kind of have these sessions with people that have not used ImmunML before and kind of try to not give too much prior knowledge and see if they can figure it out 
purely based on the documentation and we got in a lot of valuable uh, feedback from that and uh, made some pretty big changes to the platform actually in order to really um, yeah facilitate uh, uh, the fact that yeah that is actually usable so that has been uh, quite a there has been quite a history of stress testing immunomel in that uh, in that way but uh, is, yeah. that's fantastic though i mean that's really how you can make something just better and better and better um when we talk what do you want to talk a little bit more sort of dig into some of the more you know uh, sort of like highlight some of the interesting parts of the paper that you think people in the type 1 diabetes field might find useful or maybe direct them to some sections that you think are really interesting? Anybody? I know one, I see one of the other authors is here too. So he's, so feel free to dive in anyone. It's a free flowing conversation. I, you know, I think, I mean, I think, you know, I like the fact that you're talking about there was uh, this whole widespread adoption of this ARML has been inhibited by lack of reproducibility and transparency, transparency and interoperability. When you talk about interoperability, what do you mean by that? There's a lot of different tools developed by different research groups. And when you are in a situation like that, there is a risk that everyone kind of uh, has their own ways of doing things and has their own standards, has their own formats, has their own uh, meanings of what kind of the same thing means, um, which uh, can be quite a challenge to navigate. Um, I mean, uh, for example, the fact that there are, I think in Immunomel we support uh, more than 10 different uh, input, input formats, which all wow. kind of have their own little ways in which maybe small things need to, need to be changed uh, about like the, the raw numbers that are in the file to actually make them mean the same thing. Uh, it's actually, uh, it can be, yeah quite a challenge and we're trying as much as possible to to support the standard so there's this air standard for example for uh, uh, what uh, data formats are supposed to look like mm-hmm. um, so we are trying to as much as possible output our own results in uh, kind of uh, standardized formats that should be as usable as possible in combination with other tools uh, but then also at the same time we try to accommodate for all these specific yeah, tools that are out there and, and the particular uh, um, yeah, results they output to make it actually uh, work together in one streamlined uh, analysis. Yeah, that's a big job. <laughs> and the Galaxy web interface actually also kind of comes into play again there, where, for example, we have uh, integrated some uh, tools for directly... Uh, um, importing data from uh, public databases like the iReceptor Plus database. This is another way in which we support interoperability with, in this case, this, uh, this database that you can directly in one web interface, you don't need to install anything. You just go to the website. You can just directly download some relevant data, apply ImmunML, apply uh, maybe some other relevant tools. So uh, yeah, to actually have everything in one place and uh, have the user spend as little time as possible trying to uh, uh, navigate how can I, how should I now, you know, change my output file to make it compatible with this next tool? Yeah. And I mean, it's very, it sounds really seamless. And I wonder, um, so for instance, what if you have sort of interdisciplinary users, they all want to collaborate 
And um, is that going to be fairly straightforward as well? You know, what if somebody's, you know, in Europe and somebody's in the States or Canada, is it easy for people to access the data? I mean, I'm thinking of like how protocols.io operates, you know, right? You can form a team and then you can, you know, really kind of collaborate there very easily. And so is that, you know, is this, is this a similar setup basically? This is actually, again, uh, a nice feature of the Galaxy web interface that you can uh, kind of, you can create a, 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 it's called the Galaxy history. You upload whatever files or you download them from a database directly. You apply some tools. Maybe you want to apply ImmuneML and you have some results and you can directly share this history with uh, another user and they can um, just click the link and continue the analysis where you left off. So almost so like Slack. Really, in a yeah, way. it's really a useful uh, feature. <laughs> yeah, that's really useful. That's because that's so to have that seamless, you know, going back and see what someone else did. And then now you add your value is really um, important. I think, um, you know, where do you, where might you see um, this ImmuneML tool? You know, where the, oh, here's a question, uh, best used in the type one diabetes field? I mean, can you imagine someone would, can you imagine like, you know, who might, who might come to you or has anyone come to you from the type one diabetes field to use your tool? Not that you know, nobody yet. Okay, well, we need, we need someone. I was just like wondering, uh, I was probably thinking the same that you were thinking, Milena and Lonek, regarding that. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually a bit unsure what we could answer, but I think it's a very relevant question. Let's say it like that. But uh, <laughs> so I'll try to answer a bit more like, I, I think in general, we have, uh, I think in general, what, what we have done in this like interdisciplinary team is that we've had kind of three groups or maybe four groups from the start. We've had more like machine learners, which is more like Lonnick and and me. And then we have had more computational immunologists, which are more like Victor Greif's been involved. And then we've had um, clinicians involved. And and I think there's an interest uh, both from the Celic side locally, but also the diabetes. I, I think we can say that. And then we've had a fourth group that is actually so, so the three of us need to kind of collaborate in a way, the machine learners, the, the computational immunologists and the clinicians. And I think that's crucial. And, and to have that, because us machine learners, we will never kind of know diabetes well enough to, to be able to like, to, to really do the right interpretation. And, and there's always a lot of these details. So if we are to kind of summarize our results over to a clinician, we wouldn't maybe pick up on the right details. So I think that's kind of crucial to have these three groups. Yeah, but I agree with actually, that. Yeah. And then we actually found out that we need a fourth group, which is actually um, the more the uh, develop, develop um, admins, system admins, actually. Mm. Be- because in order to make it to, so what we typically do as, as machine learners and researchers is to make tools that can be run by other machine learners. But, uh, but in order to have it being runnable by also clinicians, uh, kind of software solutions mm. than we are typically used to making as researchers. So actually we needed the more technical guys closer to the hardware and the, that they're actually sitting there and, and connecting the wires to, to, the, to the machines. They were actually also very useful for us to, 
to, to help us make it as kind of user-friendly and, and uh, open as possible for these reproducibilities. So they helped us set up these galaxy, ser galaxy system on local servers and make it accessible on web and go through the security and check all of these kind of things. So it's, I found it a bit fascinating that to, to like, to, to allow, to truly allow collaboration with the clinicians, we also needed to include the, the most technical people <laughs> I know of. Yeah, no, it does. It seems right because, well, there's also the, you know, you've got like the privacy issue of the, um, the data you're handling with clinicians, right? You've got the, I mean, I don't know if you have it over there. I'm sure you do, but we have HIPAA here and everything has to be anonymized. So who's going to do that? And then, you know, and then it's like, okay, now they also have to, you know, they have to see it through their lens, but wouldn't it be great to have um, these data in this process seen through the lens of a researcher who actually works, you know, uh, deeply in uh, the immune immunology, you know, beta cell space. So I think your idea of sort of putting together this dream team is just a great one. And I think that's what it really might take to go to the next level. I think, you know, there's this company called Immune AI here that uh, based in Tel Aviv and um, in the Bay Area, San Francisco. And so they have, I think on, on their target, on one of their targets is, you know, looking at type one diabetes and they use machine learning to look at, you know, a variety of disease states in the in immune space. But I mean, how, you know, how do you compare contrast what they're doing in a, an industry space versus what you guys are doing in kind of an open science space? I guess uh, our uh, main focus in uh, Adline is uh, actually, uh, as you mentioned, making everything open. So the, the code is uh, fully publicly available and uh, we try to make it uh, usable by different uh, user groups. And also, uh, we highly encourage the community contribution. So if there is a group that uh, now wants to develop a specific um, approach uh, in uh, machine learning that is going to be applied to, um, to a problem like this in, uh, for example, disease state prediction, that is kind of um, something we want to, to make it so that it's right away available to, to everyone. And we had uh, a use case like that during the course of development of ImmunoML, where we collaborated with uh, uh, people from the uh, Johannes Kepler University in Linz that mm -hmm. developed this DeepRC, which is a deep learning approach to predicting uh, disease status. And that is now also part of, of ImmunoML. So, Whatever people would like to, to develop, we are happy to, to support and uh, make available to, to others uh, as well. Yeah, and that will really serve to accelerate research, I think, in, in a lot of different places. You know, that's sort of the power of your platform and the power of what you're doing and how you're making it so accessible to other scientists, which is just totally you know laudable. And also, I think it really is for the greater good what um what disease states have kind of have you interfaced with so far? As Gershetto mentioned briefly, I think the main uh, disease that we've been working on is uh, celiac disease mm. because there's also as uh, yeah leading celiac disease research group here in Oslo. We have a lot of uh, collaborations with them, so there have been you know sometimes. Uh, uh, pilot projects using their data and uh, trying out ImmunoML on their data. 
so that has been the main uh, main one hmm, that's great <clears throat> um i think so i think it seems to me that you're really poised to uh interface with the t1d research community and i would invite you know anyone who's listening <clears throat> excuse me um who is interested to reach out and contact you is that uh something you're up for or absolutely yeah <laughs> i would say we are happy for anyone to like you know put immunomel to the test and actually use it on a on a use case with the yeah some disease data fantastic well i'm going to um you know, after this is over, I think I'm going to try to connect you to a couple of people I'm thinking about, uh, mainly at, you know, University, University of Florida and, you know, the Medical Ecology University of South Carolina and places like UCSD, where Kyle Galton is developing or heading up the development of the T1D Knowledge Portal, which is a big data set that is uh, growing as we speak. So, and those people might be really interested to, you know, to kind of uh, engage in, in what you have to offer. So I hope that that, uh, that will come to fruition from here. And I mean, I just think, um, again, what, what you have developed, you know, as graduate students is phenomenal and kind of speaks to, you know, your advisor, your PI, as also to your teamwork and your entire extended uh, laboratory and, and how you are approaching science. Um, and I think it's a fresh and uh, exciting way to, you know, to kind of bring this, you know, make this and then bring it to um, many different types of researchers and users. So kudos and congratulations on your paper and keep doing what you're doing. It's phenomenal. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, have a great rest of your evening or wherever. <laughs> yeah, evening, afternoon. We'll talk again soon. Thanks so much.